hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of FinTech Walkabout. Uh, again, I'm Will. We're deep diving into interesting people's stories in the realms of open banking, joined today by a big player in the payment space and someone who's been there and done that across the world of fintech. So, Rasheen, if you could introduce yourself, that would be fantastic. Firstly, thank you very much for joining and letting us come on. It's amazing to be here. Um, I'm Rasheen Levine. I'm head of UK and European partnerships at Wise Platform. Uh, that's the part of Wise that brings kind of the magic of our infrastructure uh, to enterprises, so to banks and to platforms across the UK. Haven't rehearsed that. Let's dig into your story a little bit before we get into WISE and open banking. Um, before WISE, you were at Flux doing kind of, uh, well, working the same slog that we work yep. um, at AppTap. So could you talk to us a little bit about your work there? And then I think it was what, funding options, Zoopla, you yep. switch. Yeah. You switch uh, before this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate, hate saying that word. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That, that's been my journey. So, so I think really funding options was my first kind of fintech. Mm -hmm. Before then, I was working in the comparison space with you switch. Um, and funding options and flux, uh, previous companies I worked for, both kind of early stage fintechs. A lot earlier stage than, than Wise, yeah. um, that's more at the kind of scale up end. So absolutely kind of know your pain of kind of knocking on the doors of, of large enterprises and trying to explain what you're doing while you're there, the everything, the mission from start to scratch. Yeah, um, yeah I, I kind of um, entered the fintech space doing partnerships and I've kind of continued doing that. So I guess what's happened in my career is I kind of started from maybe kind of smaller scale partnerships, things that uh, potentially get up and running in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So some of the larger stuff. So working with banks and the kind of major institutions. So uh, at Flux, I was dealing with, with banks because part of what they did was take receipt data and put it into the banking app. Yep. So we had a number of partners, Monzo, Starling, Barclays, um, and then it was about kind of talking to other banks and explaining that, that kind of use case and why it was great. And then um, more recently, obviously with Wise, I do something kind of similar. So it's again, taking the kind of infrastructure of Wise is built, cross-border payment network, and, and selling that ultimately to, to banks and fintechs across the world we have kind of different global teams i look after the uk mainly and, and a bit of europe so what do you think the kind of the biggest differences the biggest challenges um have been kind of making that transition or like when you were at flux obviously it's a very different ball game yeah kind of what were the challenges there how do they how do they compare to yeah so the, i mean your, your first challenge as a startup as you will know is no one knows who you are. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't have any of the brand equity to rely on. Sure. You also don't have the resources and investment often that a big company does. So you end up doing a bit of everything. So in my role and, and for a lot of other people at the company, when we were sort of under 20 odd people, you end up doing more than maybe what your, your kind of job role usually entails in your remit. Yeah. So, so that is one thing, because there's obviously time and, and energy that goes into that. Um, and secondly, is obviously knocking at the door of, of big companies. Um, there's a credibility difference sometimes right if you're a new fintech you need to explain yourself you need to kind of show that that robustness of everything kind of behind the scenes that, that a big bank might look at so i think there's a little bit more justifying that goes on when you're kind of a startup talking to big players however i do think that landscapes change a lot and i do think banks and larger players understand how to work with smaller players a lot better than they did maybe 10 years ago well we're moving in the right direction <laughs> we're moving yeah. in the right direction there's lots of initiatives on this and there's still work to be done but it, it's getting there um, but without a doubt, obviously working in an organization like WISE where a lot of people already recognize us from having used our app or they might even be a customer today, you know, there's a big kind of shortcut in basically what you're explaining to someone. A lot of people understand the business already, at least from a certain angle. And so really then you're just kind of explaining what does WISE platform do more specifically? How can we help you? But actually the kind of the brand piece, the knowledge of what we're up to is already kind of there, which is, a, is obviously a big advantage. What do you think? 
were the what what's kind of changed in your personal approach then because you know sounds like there's a whole lot less qualification needed yeah. up front yeah um, yeah so it's interesting you say that the qualification because I think maybe one of the hardest things when you're working at an organization like wise where there is a, a big recognition of the brand and lots of people kind of know of wise and would love to work with wise in some capacity yeah, is kind of prioritization of mm. that so it's actually going right well what what fits the mission we could kind of go and do a lot of different things especially when you've got loads of different teams yeah. lots of different potential solutions that we could offer because we've got hundreds of thousands of engineers you know and different people working in, in different kind of product spaces and actually going like what's the main priority where should we focus and and therefore kind of concentrating on those those bigger opportunities for us so I think it's it's totally different, but it's just kind of a flip on that. It's actually rather than mm. kind of going out and trying to get whatever you can, it's all like kind of going right. This is the right one for us to concentrate on. Yeah. So what's been the kind of driving factor for that shift for you personally? Because that's you know going from small, you know, yeah. sub sub fifty were you at Flux? Yeah, yeah, sub fifty to to I think Wise is about three thousand two hundred. So yeah. very big difference, <laughs> um, and ultimately a PLC as well, which is a big difference too. Um, so for me, when when Wise approached. There was a couple of things. So I think timing was one thing. You know, I'd worked in, in two early stage startups. Mm -hmm. All the advantage of that, brilliant. The agility, it's amazing. I do also think it's good to get diversification. Personally, I do think it's good to know how a larger company works. But the other factor was that Wise kind of came to me with an opportunity that was um, a, a position that was within a team that was kind of like a scale-up function within the company. So for me, it kind of fitted that kind of in-between where I didn't quite want to go to maybe a, a huge organization, sure. uh, but I wanted to have something that was kind of still exciting. I could maybe kind of make an impact. I felt that that was the kind of right stage yeah. for me. So what's been the biggest kind of challenge, do you think, for you getting settled into that? I think, I think going from, as I say, like sub sort of 20-odd people to a global organization is tough. It's probably my first organization I've worked for where it's genuinely international. So... As I said, I sort of work on the kind of UK and European team. We then have a US team, we have APAC teams. You have people working across multiple time zones. We have 18 offices across the world. There are genuinely people that you deal with everywhere. Yeah. So for me, that was basically a new world, you know, understanding that and how you kind of communicate and how you don't miss stuff because you can't get everyone in a room and go, this yeah. is what we're doing. You know, all hands is a very different experience. Um, team calls have to be scheduled at different times of the week to ensure that everyone can kind of get the right kind of, you know, the view on everything. It, it's totally different. You know, Slack is crazy Man, because... 24-7. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's almost like a... <laughs> Unlike Flux, I'm sure. Yeah. Where it's just perfectly quiet <laughs> all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you have your kind of different sort of levels of chaos, I think, in a smaller startup. <laughs> but in a bigger one, it almost comes from just the sheer expanse of it. You know, you can miss stuff quite easily and, and things like that because it's impossible to know what every team is working on like once you get to that size yeah. you know you know high level but the granularity you don't have whereas yeah. in a startup generally speaking i think you you are kind of early stage you pretty much know where everyone's remit is you probably know who to go to yeah. right once you get to that stage over a thousand it's just very difficult to know yeah fair enough so let's i guess let's talk a little bit more about what wise is up to then yeah um maybe start higher level, kind of what's going on in the space, enlighten us, you know, payments industry, what are the big pain points today? You've obviously got a big focus on international payments. Yeah. Um, this, this is probably the stupidest statement I've said on this <laughs> podcast so far, the most obvious anyway, uh, but that's a core business, you know, yes. for you guys, right? So are yeah. you looking to broaden that scope, become more of a bank, like what's, what's going on? So WISE is always going to be concentrated on the, the one thing we do, which is this international payments, like making this experience better for customers. So mm. we do obviously offer the WISE account. Um, that's, that's an e-license, so it's, that's not exactly a bank. We're not a bank. But ultimately, 
distance yourself from that? Well, it's more about <laughs> the fact that we still want to ensure that we're that core mission is the same, right? Mm. So it doesn't change for us. So there's lots of banks out there, and they do domestic banking very well. We're all about actually saving money on, on international transfers and the cross-border part of everything. So um, where that's really broken today is the same as it's been broken for a long time. Ultimately, it's really slow. It's really expensive most of the time you go through your bank. Um, and it, it's not convenient. The customer experience isn't great. And people don't have much transparency on the fees. So um, one thing that often people will moan about is they don't understand the fee structure when they go to make an international payment. That hasn't massively changed. You see lots of, of, of places that might advertise 0% fees, but the reality is slightly different. So there's often a kind of uh, margin in the spread. Mm. It's quite confusing for consumers and businesses. So this is kind of a pain point that's been around for a while. Wise is, is kind of doing its best to fix that. Uh, there's still a long way to go for us as a company to kind of, you know, win more and more of, I guess, the market share. But this is sort of also where Wise Platform comes in because it means that don't just have to go directly to consumers ourselves, which we obviously have like 30 million direct customers. We can kind of work with banks and say, let's replace what you're doing today that, that doesn't quite work or it's not the best service and actually use us, use our network, and you can then offer some of the good experiences that we mm. can. So how deep does that go from a bank's perspective or from your perspective? How deep into the stack for the bank is it? You know, is that multi-tiered? So, it, it can go, it can be different levels of integration, if I'm honest. So um, we can do something fairly simple and lightweight where they can get set up as like an affiliate, mm -hmm. where they don't have to do any integration whatsoever. Um, we can almost replace them as their correspondent. So the way that banking systems work today, most of the time, is that they will use a number of correspondent banks to send what is basically swift messages. And that says someone like, I want to execute an international payment. Uh, we can kind of replace that and we can kind of ingest that swift message and we can then kind of help them with the next stage of that and we can do it with the kind of network we already built. Yeah. Um, or we can do a very full kind of API-led integration, which is kind of our preference, creates a, a good experience for customers, um, and that's the right solution for certain types of banks. So with, with kind of the Monzo's, the N26, the bunks of this world, that's the solution we have today. But we're also aware that not everyone has a resource available to do that straight away. So we try to be flexible uh, in terms of the integration types we can do. Okay, um, and then the actual infrastructure. So the payment itself, could you talk us through, well, whatever you can talk us through, how that works, and then maybe if you can start to talk about, you know, open banking payments, what's happening there, what are you Yeah, sure. At? So how it works with WISE is really we do two domestic transfers rather than moving money yeah. abroad. So at the moment when you want to send money, often we use a bank, as I mentioned, they'll use a kind of correspondent banking network. What, what that means is that money often, or the message is traveling across various different banks across the world, which is why the fees end up being quite high and also why it takes quite a long time to mm. reach the end, the end person. Um, what we do basically, we say, there's two domestic transfers, so if you're sending kind of money uh, from the UK to the US, ultimately you're moving money from maybe your other bank account into your WISE account or you're funding the transfer, and on the other end we execute that payout from the US. So that's why we can kind of control the speed and the price and everything like that. So ultimately what WISE has done is we've just created a network globally. Um, we have over 50 different currencies uh, where we work with bank partners or we integrate to payment systems ourselves and we can therefore make sure those payments happen much more quickly and we control the pricing. Um, in terms of open banking where we use that, it's actually at that point that I mentioned of funding the transfer. Mm. So if I want to top up my WISE account or fund the transfer, there's a few different ways I can do it. I can do it by credit or debit card, which is really quick but costs more. I can do it by bank transfer, which is cheaper, but again, can take a little bit more time, or open banking, which is a much quicker process. So this is kind of seamless experience. So this is why we're quite excited by this uh, aspect of it, because ultimately it means you can move money to a wise account quicker, 
that means the next stage of the journey also happens quicker, so it's much more convenient for the customer. Yeah, and is that something you want to bring into your ecosystem then? So it says, hey, we've got all of these bank accounts kind of pre-connected, and it's... So the idea today is you can do that right now. You can move money from another bank account into WISE. Where yeah. we're quite excited is, is the VRP piece as well, which yeah. means that you, know, you can kind of set up almost a, a way of, sort of li within limitations of moving that money more seamlessly. So if you go to make a transfer and maybe for whatever reason don't have that balance already in your account, then potentially that money can move and it's just a much more seamless process. The customers have to think about it. It doesn't have to go, right, I'm going to go into my you know, HSBC Lloyd's app or whatever to move money to my WISE account. It's a kind of already kind of happening just, on the other end. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And so what are some, can you talk us through like a use case in that, right? Is this like, yeah, sure. I'm sure there are loads. I think like 90% of our team is actually using or has used WISE. So it's you've got, hear, you've got some hear. customers in us, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's good to hear. Um, yeah, so basically a lot of the time what happens is people might open up, uh, say, a WISE account or they might go to make a transfer. And I think, I think it's roughly 45% of the queries we get to our customer service is actually saying, oh, I didn't realize I had to fund the payment or they thought that maybe they'd already done so at a different stage or, or something like this. So this is kind of where the VRP piece comes in in the sense that we obviously need that first leg of the journey for the, the transfer to be funded for us to then execute on the next stage. Yeah. And it's just making that portion really quick and simple. Um, if we can do that, then it just means that everyone's already available to, to have the funds ready to go. The quicker the funds come to us, the quicker we can move them onwards, basically. So, so that's the, the core use case for us in open banking. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if, how much you've looked at it, but request to pay versus VRP seems to be a kind of ongoing tug of war in the yeah. industry. So for us, I think less knowledgeable on the request to pay, but definitely VRP is where we're really excited because... Okay. As I said, anything that can kind of add to the convenience piece is kind of a, a core mission pillar for us. Is it 100% something we want to look at? So if we can start seamlessly taking that, that from someone's account and they're happy for us to do so, then great. I think there's also quite a lot of interesting work in the space as well. Uh, not necessarily something we're involved in, but you know, the idea of sweeping and savings account, things like that. I, I do think this is a really, really interesting point. Yeah. Um, love it, yeah. For the sake of the self-plug, that's kind of where we will look when, <laughs> yeah. when we move into the, the payment space one day. Uh, is, you know, you've just saved money on your bills. How do you put that into savings account yeah. or repayment? Or Makes perfect sense, especially in yeah. the cost of living crisis where <laughs> every kind of little helps at this moment in time, yeah. sure. That was not a Tesco advert, <laughs> advert at all. Um, but you're doing something right, 33% increase in revenue this year. Yeah, yeah. We're very proud of the recent results. Um, ultimately, it means that we're, we're on the right track with our mission. Um, customers, you know, believe in what we're doing. I think a lot of this is also just demand-driven. So international payments, um, you know, we're seeing, seeing more and more, I guess, of uh, a use case. People are moving internationally. They're working abroad, things like that. So it becomes a more important factor of people's lives is to be able to kind of pay and do things on a global kind of level. Um, but I think also WISE has been absolutely laser focused, like I said, on solving the pain point. There's a clear pain point. You know, people don't like being charged huge fees. They don't like things moving slowly. Yeah. If you can reduce both of those, then we're, start, we're seeing the wins for that. So I think today we move, uh, it's quite an amazing stat, 3.5% of all personal volume that's like cross-border payments, which kind of sounds a lot and not a lot at the same time. But when you think about like the billions of pounds being moved, it, it's quite sizable. So it's roughly six billion a month that's being moved by WISE. Um, but obviously, there's loads more to go if you think about kind of how small that is still in the kind of game. Yeah. yeah. So you've got the consumer proposition, you've got your, your infrastructure, surely a business um, proposition as well. Kind of how do you divide up those resources? Obviously, you talked about the size of the team and yeah. kind of compartmentalizing people. But yeah, what's the 
What's the thinking? What's the so we, we have properly autonomous teams at WISE, which was something as well that I kind of, I hadn't really maybe had beforehand when I started working at WISE. It was kind of quite interesting to me to genuinely see that teams were given total control over their, their sort of portion of what they need to understand for customers. So although we obviously have the personal kind of, uh, I guess, accounts and the business accounts, those teams sit separately. They obviously still talk to one another and there's obviously overlap of different things, but they are tasked very much with focusing on the priorities for that end user. So truly autonomous teams that obviously then have multiple individuals and different skill sets working within them. The, the business side of things obviously looks at different things on the personal side. So we have integrations with like Xero and QuickBooks, that kind of thing that helps business customers. Um, but also then we have kind of wise platform, which we sort of see as our B2B. So this is more kind of like enterprise. So not just kind of small business helping them, it's actually us then kind of like I said, leveraging the network, yeah. talking to really, really big potential clients. Um, so that's kind of sit separate as well from the personal, the business accounts too. So where does that leave you in, because you have a relationship with Monzo, right? Yes. And their part of their proposition, especially early days, is being able to make payments yep. while you're on holiday or wherever, abroad. Um, how do you balance that kind of, uh, you know, are we competitive, are we not? What's it's, it's an interesting one, and it's one that obviously I think it comes up a lot. Our view is personally that we have 13 million direct customers, but we're not unrealistic in the fact that everyone in the world is going to necessarily download the Wise app and, and have a Wise account. You know, it's, it's, it would be unrealistic to believe that. There are lots of domestic banks that do what they do very well on the domestic banking side, and people trust their banks. They hold money, they do other things for someone but international payments portion is broken. So mm. if we can go to them and say, look, we're next, we don't have to be competitors always, we can actually partner with you, we can help you here. Um, ultimately, some of their customers might use different services like WISE because they're not necessarily happy with the service they're always getting. But if we can kind of create an advantage suddenly for that partnership, that kind of changes that dynamic quite a lot. Yeah. We would prefer to see it as we can work with banks, we can cooperate with them, we can better this. And then it's like the mission is then, I guess both from a kind of personal customers kind of coming directly to WISE, but also through partners, there's a better outcome for everyone. Yeah, that's a huge proposition for businesses especially, right? Yeah. So not pursuing the super app kind of angle, it, I suppose. We, we, we're, not, we're not a bank account today, so yeah. ultimately we're staying focused on the Revolut's core not mission. a bank. No, I mean Revolut <laughs> isn't a bank, right, at the moment. Yeah. So we're, we're staying laser focused on the core mission, and that is basically to make international payments as convenient, as transparent, as low cost and speedy as possible. That, yeah. And we, we basically update every quarter on that exact mission. So if something helps us towards that mission, we're always open to exploring it, whether that this is like a new product, new feature, or a partnership angle, whatever that could mm -hmm. be. But, but that ultimately remains what WISE is looking to do. Okay, what's your take on the, on the financial super app? A personal, personal take on take. it? Personal take, yeah, it doesn't um, have to be a WISE take. To be honest, I don't think there's many apps that I use and I have like, I'd say a, a complete holistic view of, of everything in my finances. So mm -hmm. I probably like many people have a different app for, you know, buying shares and stocks, a different app for doing something else. So right now, it doesn't seem to be something that, that I personally use or, or feel that I've kind of yet kind of connected to, but I can understand it as it's kind of a, yeah. an objective for a company. If you can pull all those things together, there's potentially a win. What about you? Well, I think we're of the opinion that certain things will consolidate. Yeah. Um, we don't think, well, I wouldn't say we've necessarily seen the, a massive demand for having absolutely everything in one place. Yeah. But w 
it's a question of like what makes sense and we know that you know utilities and telecoms providers and so on the people we're focused on for a reason yeah. are struggling to engage with their customer base like, i don't know have you got your vodafone app downloaded on your no, phone right and that's yeah. sorry vodafone um <laughs> you know and i think that's the kind of core problem we see is just like brands and banks don't necessarily have that kind of relationship in place yeah. they do from a payments perspective to a certain extent to your point yeah but beyond that, how do you enrich the relationship to actually then make it better for consumer? Yeah. It's just pinging, you know, spewing deals at customers and pinging them off to various different websites isn't actually going to enhance the experience. Yeah. It's, it's just price comparison 2.0. And yeah. you know, I think a lot of customers or consumers are fed up of that. So that's where we say it going is this much deeper, more enriched proposition that's about an end-to-end -end kind of promotion all the way through to fulfillment yeah and then the things that come after that as opposed to just this here's a deal off you go good luck yep. no it makes sense um you know that's obviously very focused on, on what aptap does but i think that goes for anything like whether it's buying a holiday or yeah. switching an energy bill no it makes probably not an energy bill but yeah <laughs> it, it does make sense and i guess maybe as people get more used to seeing i guess multiple accounts within one place and other information that maybe the, you know, become yeah. something that people get used to and they decide, oh, actually, I will start to use this one source to switch or to actually view everything. But I think there's probably just a long way to go before that's really easy for everyone to use, I think. Yeah, and, you know, in our work with TSB, we see, compared to our non-financial institution partners, just the trust level is yeah. up here and people are connecting accounts actively. will come in, connect an account, take an action and say, actually, I'm going to connect more and do more things. Um, but, you know, and I always I like to ask this question, like, does it matter if people know what open banking is? It is an interesting point because I guess there's a, there's a view which is that no one needs to know if it's working really well in mm. the sense that, you know, if I connect something seamlessly and it goes on in the background and I'm happy with what's happening, then I don't need to understand fully, like, the mechanics of it. Uh, Wise is a company we believe in transparency as, like, a kind of core mission value. So. I, can, I think kind of from our point of view, we, as long as the, the end experience and the user does understand what's going on, any data being shared and things like that, it's fine. But personally, yeah, it, it's true that if the, if the UK's worked really well and the experience is smooth, then you didn't have to be actually thinking about every stage of that, I guess. And what is open banking? It's not something that necessarily everyone has to understand. Yeah, and, you know, it's a question for if I... I use WISE and obviously I have a good time digging into fintech-based yeah. solutions, so I'm going to go and look at kind of how it all works and things. Yeah. But for my mum, right, I don't think she's sitting, she's like, as long as it works. Yes, I'm exactly right. And I wonder, because I think there's, there's a 5 million active users, I believe, at the moment of, of open banking today. And I guess what would be interesting is if you surveyed them, what's their level of understanding of what actually open yeah. banking is? And I imagine as that number grows, it's not that everyone's going to understand or know lots of you know, fintech people might love it and they'd be the first users, but not everyone is going to have that level of knowledge, which is yeah. fine. Plus, we're starting to go global, I guess. Yes. So, uh, we're excited for it. Uh, but we're talking to lots of regulators, TPPs, fintechs, banks, non-banks. Yeah. Um, what is it about open banking that gets you and or WISE so excited? Yeah, I, th I think for us, it's coming back to this idea that if we can create that seamless experience for the customer to top up the payment or fund the transfer, then that's the use case for us that really works. I think personally, I have lots of other kind of things I'm interested in. I think open finance, like the next iteration of open banking is kind mm -hmm. of like a, a whole new world that we can sort of look at. Um, but as a company, that's, that's kind of where we see that kind of helping us with the convenience part of the, the kind of journey. 
Um, but I would like to see, uh, on a broader level, personally, sort of, you know, what could happen for mortgages, pensions, all these other areas eventually, if, if things work. Um, and I know that um, Australia, for example, doing some interesting work, I think it's the consumer data rights, where yeah. they're looking at, like, energy and telco stuff, and I guess it's something you probably interested in kind of watching. Yeah, yeah they were very happy about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, this stuff is, is kind of, like, is new, but it's kind of like, okay, where could it go next? So... For me, that personally is something that I'm kind of keeping my eye on and sort of interesting. I think it's a big kind of value add thing, right? Banks have been oppressed, let's say, by the regulator. Here, yeah. Here's open banking, go and deal with it. Yeah. Um, we had Bob Wigley on from UK Finance kind of saying, well, we spent X billion, a couple of billion pounds on this thing. Could we have spent that money better elsewhere? Yeah. Um, so I pose the question of, would you la label open banking success or failure today? <sighs> hard one so I know uh, that I know that there's been chat in the kind of sector to say if people think there's a failure if it hasn't enabled lots of switching going on I think that's a little bit too crude maybe just to say you know something's a failure just because one metric I think look I mentioned five million people using it not insignificant by no. any means I know that I think the target was something around 30 million by this sort of point Okay, so you could say, well, it, it's not quite there on the target, but I think we know these things take a bit of time. Yeah. Um, I think you could also look at the fact that there's loads of TPPs. There's now about 140 or so, so that's lots of companies using open banking, probably lots of fintech set up with the use case of open banking. I'm sure you guys, part of that was, it was kind of like, this is new technology, let's do something. So that's new business creation. So I yeah. think on the whole, you know, it's exciting. There's definitely successful elements. There's more to do, but... At Wise, personally, I think that, that we've been able to leverage it and it's, it's you know, created something useful for our customers. So in that, in that sense, there's a success, yeah. Okay, it's a very political answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we've only had one person who's come in and said, not a success. Really, and okay. That's the UK finance. Guy, so. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, interesting. But I think it's a fair debate. Like, at the end of the day, we have to have... We have to be able to look at things and measure it and say, well, what did we think was going to be success? What, what, what was, you know, the level we set to say, this is the objective we're trying to hit. And fair enough if there's more to push, but it doesn't mean that we write off and stop trying, hopefully. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, we won't. I'm sure it doesn't sound <laughs> no. like you guys will either. Um, so what, what do you think? We've talked to VRP, we've talked some, uh, we do a lot of kind of account information stuff. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is next for open banking? I think I VRP is taking its time, isn't it? Yeah, VRP, um, you know, hopefully very interesting. We'll, we'll be, you know, we're looking at that uh, with a lot of interest. But as I said, I do, I am interested in this whole, this what can the sweeping do? So you kind of mentioned it there, like if you can move money into a savings account, what does that mean for customers? Like how often are people maybe uh, at the moment just sort of not maybe utilising what they could do and, and kind of saving money. So I think that, that will be really interesting, especially the cost of living stuff yeah. that's going on. Like, I'm sure money management is going to become, like, a bigger and bigger focus. So anything that can help people in that level would be great. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's something like half the population doesn't even have a £1,000 set aside, which is incredible. And now, I think it was um, the Office for National Statistics saying about 43% of Brits are just going to not be able to pay their energy bills this year, which is... Yeah. You know, energy bills going up to, was it £3,600 in October? The price cap's just very all scary. over the place. So, yeah, yeah, it's very scary, and people will look for savings as well in other areas. Unfortunately, they'll, they'll different, you know, it'll create differences in people's shopping habits. It'll definitely, you know, affect the way people think about money and save. So I think that, yeah, hopefully fintechs are well-placed to help with that. But obviously, this is kind of a crisis we haven't seen before. Yeah, but, I mean, it, I think we'd, we'd go back to... If you're not connecting, if banks aren't connecting with merchants themselves, how far can they really go? 
yeah. uh, unless you're helping them take that action, which is why we are vehemently behind the thing, things like VRP. Um, yeah. But okay, so what, what comes next for WISE then? You've hired a chief people officer recently, yep. so is this scaling? A hundred percent. I mean, we, we don't seem to stop hiring. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been crazy. Even since I've joined, I've noticed the team's growing substantially. So, as I said, I think we're 3,200 people right now. Um, we have a load of open roles. So that's you know, a plug. If anyone wants to, to join WISE, <laughs> go have a look at our website because it is genuinely like lots of roles. Um, and the, the thing that's interesting is we're scaling across all the different continents. So uh, I think APAC has an absolute load of hiring going on. Uh, but there are 18 offices globally, so yeah. um, every team is, is kind of probably looking for someone. And you stayed in London? Uh, well, yeah. I, I'm in London, yeah. So we've got, <laughs> we've got big offices in London. Yeah. Uh, we also have big offices in Tallinn, and um, we have New York offices, and, and basically everywhere, as you can imagine. So um, they're all growing. For us as well at Wise Platform as a team, we're also growing quite a lot. So uh, part of what we need to do is, is grow more to be able to kind of help more partners, to reach more partners ultimately from a kind of sales perspective and kind of just going out and prospecting, but also in terms of actually bringing them on implementation teams, that kind of thing. So uh, we, again, are also growing quite a lot because we also have lots of different kinds of partners we can help. So we, we have kind of banks and we have other verticals, so like bill pay, so anyone mm. who has a, an international payment need. Uh, so we can kind of start to, I guess, get more specific in terms of our team structure too. So we're still a fairly early stage team, but, but that's also a growing part. Brilliant. Um, well, we're getting close to time. So if there's anything you want to plug, you, you got your wise hiring plug in there. If there's anything else you want to... I don't think so, no. I just think, um, yeah, if, if you're a bank or fintech and you want to check out cross-border payments with Wise Platform, please reach out. Perfect. Well, Rasheen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is another episode of Fintech Walkabout, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.